The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. I don't know, I get, for some people, it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. Some people think we're back. I'm not impressed by anything that's happened in the last week. We went 5-1, and one and we were two triple plays away from going 3-3. Three and three. Which is the team that we are. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all, the only difference between, like, what happened this week and what's happened over the season is two wins. Yeah, I hate being the guy to come on here and, and try to poo-poo a 5-1 and one week, but it, it really did feel like that. They scored three runs or less uh, in two of the games you know, against the Blue Jays, against the Athletics. The offense, I still haven't seen them jump out yet. And yeah, between well, – let's just – we'll start with the Blue Jays. Uh, you know, the, the Chapman game where he lets the first two guys on, the Blue Jays have second and third, nobody out. They got so lucky that Vlad Jr. made that stupid base running mistake and basically got himself picked off between third and home. I mean, incredibly lucky. They were incredibly lucky to win that game. So we, we could start with that one. The We're talking about the Tuesday game? Yeah, like the ground ball right back to Chapman. That he made a shitty throw to Gary. Gary had to pick the throw and then fire it to third, and they just got Vlad Jr. He tried to do that little belly flop uh, back to third. That game, should have been o- that game should have been over yeah. in the first inning. In the first inning, the Blue Jays should have ended that game. That was... Like, the Blue Jays did what we have done the entire season. The Blue Jays don't normally perform like that. We normally do. So we got bailed out in that first inning, big time. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, we went on to, uh, you know, uh, like, it it wasn't an impressive win. We got bailed out big time. And you'll take one of those wins. I'll take that all day. That judge walk-off walk. That was handed to us. Like these are wins that you have to accumulate over the course of a season. You know, you need five, ten of these. Of course. We'll talk about the rest of the games, but we got you know three of them this week. 
And yes, yeah, specifically Wednesday, Cole goes Cole goes eight innings, two runs, and they really were about to piss away another Cole gem. When Chapman had second and third, no outs, I thought the game was over. I thought they were going to hit a single, and that, and that was going to be it, and that we were going to get walked off. I didn't think we'd even make it to extra innings. The oh, so you're, that oh, you're talking about you're talking about the next game. Yeah, I'm I was talking so, about Wednesday. I think Tuesday was like the easiest win of those. No, Thursday Tuesday was, the, was the Tuesday was the Clint double. Yes, yes. Yeah. Six. So that wasn't the I mean, we had the bases loaded in the first inning. That's what I'm saying. It's like uh, okay. we we should have been blown out early in that game. Decent team win, but like there wasn't anything overly impressive about that. But then the Wednesday game that you're talking about, I mean, we are Chapman not getting his glove up away from like at a certain point we have to like Chapman blew a couple games and we said, "Ah, hey, that's going to happen, you know?" Then he came back and he's throwing the hardest pitch he's ever thrown. He's let in a lot of guys on base. He has recently. He let you know he let two more guys on base and allowed a run on Saturday. But yeah, the Wednesday game, I think it was just frustrating because you know we were about to waste another Cole gem, and I'm sick of them not scoring for Cole. If they don't score for Tyone or Mike King, fine. Those guys honestly don't deserve runs. But when you put up when you're putting up two to three runs every Cole start, like that's just frustrating. And Gary, who hit the pinch hit two run homer, he didn't even start. Like their starting lineup put up one run, and then Gary hit a pinch hit two run homer. I just think that was very lucky. I think Gary should have started that game we'll talk about how hot he's been and how he should i don't i think this personal catcher thing you know might, might need to evaluate that but I, yeah i just think they got so lucky and i was just so frustrated that they were so close to burning another coal start I, I think i'm just sick of that i mean well you're a coal guy you're the biggest coal guy in the world so you take his starts you know maybe a, a little more personal than, yeah, they got to be wins uh, they have to win those games which i totally get um and even early in that game i mean we had in that first inning we had the bases loaded. We scored one run. We did what the yep. Blue Jays did the day before, but we do that, it feels like, every day. And then All the, you, time. the Simeon home run, even like they still pieced together two more hits in that first inning. We got bailed, you know, we bailed out with a double play. There were a lot of times when this game could have gotten away from us. Um, Gary obviously, you know, came up huge. Came up huge in a big spot. Has been swinging the bat, great. And people are kind of treating it like, oh, the big thing is Gary's back now, right? Still one of the worst defensive catchers in baseball. So I think if Gary's back, maybe Gary should be back with a first baseman in the offseason if he's coming back. But the personal catcher situation, I think yes, we have all. There are no rules anymore. Yeah, we right, are right. <laughs> like we are backs against the wall. So there is no like, oh, what makes you comfortable doesn't really matter. Higgy was hot for a while. And I said all along, Higgy is going to get exposed. You play him every day. He's going to get exposed. But you play the hot hand. And the hand was cooling and cooling and cooling. And whether Boone waited too long or Boone did it at the right time, this is the switch. Like, whenever yeah, Gary doesn't need a day off, Gary's going to need days off. If you're a catcher, more than any other position, you're going to need a day off. But, yeah, I mean, you can't you, – you do have to treat every cold start like game one. 
Definitely. And with Higgy, I think the first four weeks he hit five or six homers. And it's like, okay, if he's going to hit a homer every third start, then that's fine. I don't think he's hit a homer since, I don't know, early May. So that power is kind of – Well, it's because he's not a good baseball player. No. no, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we never said that he was a good baseball player. We said he was hot. He was the hotter player at the time. And they played him. But, yeah, now Gary's back. He cemented himself there. Uh, his OPS is over 800. He's got 11 bombs. And that's what I need to see from Gary. Hit bombs, hit doubles. He had the go-ahead double uh, yesterday in the Sunday game that, that pretty much won them the game, even though he almost got tagged out at third. Uh, he's, he still can't run the bases. But that leg <laughs> kick. The bases. It's that leg kick, man. He eliminated that leg kick. And I think that's kind of been the difference. That's why I'm confident he can continue to be this Gary for the rest of the year. I don't know if you think he's going to regress, but I think that leg kick thing is big. I, I hope he doesn't regress. I think being a catcher, there's a, there's a wear and tear to your body. I mean, we're not even to the hot part of the season yet. Nah. And, you know, being in shape and conditioning has always been an issue for Gary. He's looked, you know, he looked healthier this year than any other year that we've seen. Looks like he dropped some weight. There's always some excuse with his defense of like, hey, he tried something new. Um, (laughs) But like defensively, he's still like he has a great arm, but he's not a good defensive catcher at all. And you would sacrifice that defense for the offense that he has the potential, you know, to give you. At a certain point, though, you've got to – like, Gary is not the future of Yankees catching. I just don't think, like, he's just not good at it. He could be a first baseman. Obviously, he can't be a DH because we've got a fucking log jam there. Yeah. But with Luke Voigt coming back, and Luke Voigt's always injured, he – like, how long is Luke Voigt back for? Because – He's always battling through something, and he sticks it out harder than other players do. So I'm not trying to be shitty about him because I appreciate all his hard work, etc. But it's an oblique. that It doesn't go away. You're right, and I wanted to bring him up. So he's set to get activated, if you're listening to this today, Tuesday night against the Royals. How do you come back three weeks for a grade two oblique strain? Like, that doesn't add up to me. Obviously, I'm happy he's coming back, but it seems a little quick, doesn't it? I don't, I don't think he's here for long. Yeah, right? Like, it's just, it seems very suspicious. And the last thing I'm worried about is a log jam anywhere because between Voight, Stanton, Judge, and Gary, one of those guys will be going down within a week. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. And, you know, it's such a, it's such a shitty thing. Not that I – I mean, Chris Gittins – he hit a home run. He's, you know, he's been a serviceable first baseman. He didn't light the world on fire like everyone saw him do from the seventh inning on in spring training games against double A pitchers. <laughs> but like we need we need a first baseman. And so I hope it's Luke Voigt, because he's a nice guy. He wants to be he wants to be a Yankee. He understands the moment and all of that. But if he can't stay healthy. There's got – I think we have to start looking at some more like Gary innings at first base. I don't think it's a bad idea at all to get him acclimated at first base, especially like we said with how often Boyd gets injured. And you have to make up for the lack of production in center field. Like they are getting zero 
production from center field. That's a premium position. So you need Gary hitting out of the catching spot. I, I mean, there's a lot of baseball cliches, but one that I believe in is you have to be strong up the middle, you know, catcher, second shortstop and center field. And they're getting zero from center. So you really need these other guys to step up and play well and stay healthy. But when you talk about being strong up the middle, it's never offensively. Like you're talking about not like I'd say both. I'd say both. Just like the, I consider those the premium positions. Catching's catch not an offensive position, field. though. That's nah, important, man. How, the Yankees won five championships with Jorge hitting hitting really well. Much better defensive catcher than sure, sure. Yeah, he was good. On, he was good on both sides of the ball. But yeah, I just think they need to make. They're getting zero from center field, and I really think they need the other guys to to play really well to compensate for that. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, we're we're not getting much there. I just don't see, you know, and again, I'm not trying to be like a downer here. Just watching Gary, though, it's like when you see this offense, you're like, how can I bottle that? Like, how do we keep that going? Yeah. And I don't think, you know, because he's a head case, too. Like a lot of these guys, I mean, we assume they all are. We don't know them personally. (laughs) But, you know, there's a a mental element to this game. uh, And... I mean, we're due at some point in the next two weeks, we're going to lose a game because of Gary defensively. Sure. And that can then hurt the offense. The other thing about getting Gary some reps at first is obviously DJ sticks at second and you get Odor out of the lineup, who's been a total black hole recently. I think he's hitting 110 in the past month. I mean, he doesn't get, he hits a, crushes a solo homer every, you know, 10 games and then doesn't get any other hits and he never walks. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I think the Odor, like, Odor's been plugging a hole, but if you had to make a choice, you got to cut one person. Odor or Tyler Wade? Probably cut an Odor. Yeah, probably. Just is he only plays play one, short. Yeah, he only yeah. plays one position. <laughs> I, like, hey, if you, you need a guy to bat 110, I got a guy who could do that in four or five positions. <laughs> right, right. And and who's faster? Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you about about left field. You're a big Clint guy, probably the biggest Clint guy I know. You have a relationship with his agent. It seems like Andujar has basically Wally pipped him. You know, after Gio Wally pipped Andujar, and Andujar is now the starting left fielder. How are you feeling about that? Do you think they should, you know, give Clint more reps, or do you think Miggy's kind of earned that spot at this point? No, I mean, I think Clint. Um he didn't get tremendous opportunity at the very beginning of the season. You know, he was named the starter, but he was playing. And by game games. three, he was sitting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when given the opportunity, he hasn't risen to the occasion. Like you have to like at this point in your career, I still think given a lot of at bats and given some time. And I don't know, maybe if it's in a different place, Clint is an everyday contributing Major League Baseball player. I mean, I don't think Andujar is like the future of left field for the Yankees oh, either. God, no. <laughs> uh, but, again, it's, it's a Higgy situation. Just play the hot hand. And right now, he's the hot hand. And I think they're trying to find Clint at bats. And, you know, but they don't trust him in center field. And for a guy of his age, his athletic ability... He played a lot of center field before coming to the big leagues. This would have been a, you know, this was the opportunity this season. Not, you know, take his performance. You just look at everything that's happened around him. This was the opportunity for him to become the center fielder in the New York Yankees. And right now, 
I mean, Boone is managing for his job. And if I'm playing for my job, and Duhar gives me a better chance right now. Because if you also get that and Duhar, like if you could find that heat from a couple of years ago of just hitting a double like every other time that he's up, you're going to win some games that way. And to me, he's looked better defensively than Clint. I tweeted that yesterday and left. I don't have the metrics in front of me for both of them, but I feel more comfortable on a ball hit to Andujar than I do to Clint. And that's just pure my my gut feeling, gut instinct. But I think he's been fine and left. He puts the bat on the ball. He's only hitting 250, but we got a bunch of guys hitting 190. So 250 isn't bad for our lineup. Yeah, I mean, he has, Andujar has a negative war for the year. Which That's is depressing. Yeah, which is sure re- him and Clint do both. Him, Clint, Hicks, Gardner. They got a bunch of guys who probably have a negative war. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I mean, on in the Sunday game, I was watching I was at like Father's Day at my brother in law's and they threw it on for me on the TV in the background. So I'm like, you know, trying to act like I'm still there, but I'm, yeah. you know, watching. And so at the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, shit, Clint hit the wall there. Like, oh, did that just, you know, hit the Bible? Like, no, that was just a fly ball of the warning track. I think they said on the broadcast that had like a 93% catch rate, which even if you don't subscribe to metrics that heavily, it tells you the ball should be caught. And yeah, your I mean, eyes tell you the ball should be caught. Yeah, the eyes, I would have said 98. <laughs> um, I did think, and look, they were lucky to escape. Let's talk about yesterday. Chapman walks the first two guys. You know, A's at first and second. Nobody else. They were lucky to escape that one, too. Nobody in the history of baseball has turned to triple play. Teams hit into triple plays. Like, there's no defensive whiz. Like, you can hit into a double play, but a team can turn a double play. The, the shortstop can go up the middle, get a ball. He's maybe not supposed to get to backhand it. Quick turn by the second base. And that team has turned a double play. A triple play. No one's turning that. You hit the ball. They happen to hit the ball in the three foot space that makes it possible to be a triple play. And That's they all hit that it is. Hard. They got to hit yeah. it hard too. Can't be a dribbler or anything. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, Ozzie Smith and Omar Vizquel weren't defensive whizzes for their turning of triple plays. It's, no. it's very circumstantial. And I mean, baseball is a weird game, but the, the fact that we have three of them this year is insane. It's in the three in the last month. In the <laughs> last since May twenty first. The Yankees have turned three triple plays, and the Diamondbacks have won two games. <laughs> They're horrible. I, I see a lot of those stats about them of how bad they are. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, and you know, and so even like kind of going back a little bit to the Blue Jays series, that Thursday 8-4 to four win was at least like, oh, we can put – we put our foot on their necks. Like we were in a 4-4 game. We're battling – uh, we were sorry. We're down four three, and then in the seventh inning, we you know we busted open. Big and, homer from Stanton. Yeah, big homer from Stanton, and at the same time, like we didn't let it end there. You know, we were let's get a couple singles, a sacrifice bunt. You know, trying to advance guys, and then Chris Gittens with a, a single that drives in. Uh, you know, drives in a run and you're just kind of like, wait, did we just piece together offense? <laughs> Is that allowed? Like, cause we really, you know, 
that that's been the thing. Like the big hit just doesn't come. We get the bases loaded, even if we get a sack fly and we get a run. Maybe we get a second run on a wild pitch. Like it's never just been, hey, there are two guys on base. I'm just gonna get a base hit so those guys can score. That doesn't happen. I think I can count the bases clearing doubles, triples that we've had on on one hand easily. There's been like two or three of them. Yeah, a lot of sack flies, a lot of wild pitches. We get you know double plays with the bases loaded, nobody out that'll drive in one run. A lot of those. But when you look at going into the Thursday game, Yankees win the first two games against the Blue Jays and Mike King on the mound. To me, I'm thinking lost. They're going to punt this. They're going to take two out of three on the road, especially with our inability to sweep. I was pretty shocked that they won on Thursday with King on the mound. I was shocked. Once Stanton hit the home run, I was like, holy shit. Like, are we like, there's a part of me when Stanton hit the home run that I was like, how are we going to blow this lead now? Yeah, <laughs> but like before we added on the insurance runs and it was like, oh, wow, you know, th- was this a complete game? Like, did we play a complete game here? And to a certain extent, like we finally did, because, again, the first two games, they're close games. We kind of got bailed out like we didn't go in there and dominate. They weren't the little brother Blue Jays that they're supposed to be. So Thursday made me feel good rolling right into a Friday loss. Right, exactly. So let, let's go to Friday. It's Tyone. He's on the mound. They have won one game that he started this year. He's one in five with a 5.70 RA. Like the guy just isn't good. And it's basically an automatic loss every time he pitches. And I'm, I'm getting sick of it, man. His hairline is not going to last in New York. <laughs> oh, he looks like such like me and my dad talk about mound presence. He has zero mound presence. He looks like such a schmuck out there, man. It's hey. sad. And then every – it's you know partially because of his hair. Like his hairline is just so far back now that he goes, he takes his hat off, and he sits in the dugout. And with just the way his face looks and that hair, it just looks like, huh? It looks like the end of Kids. At the end of Kids, when uh, Casper wakes up and is just like, what happened? And he probably has HIV, like as we know, and he doesn't. Like that's what Tyone looks like. After every start. Yeah, he always looks dazed and confused. And I'm tired of hearing about, like, what a nice guy he is and how much he loves coffee. Like, I, none of that shit matters <laughs> to me. Like, the guy doesn't win any games, man. And, look, not everybody is going to have an Aroldis Chapman-type mound presence or a Garrett Cole-type mound presence. Like, that's a lot to ask for. But when you watch, like, a Cole start and then you watch a Tyone start, it's it's very noticeable, like, how little confidence he has on the mound and how he's just not in control of the games that he pitches. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, I mean, he's a uh, he's and I th- it's the performances are not helping like the the <laughs> lack of confidence. Like he's a shrinking violet out there. I think that's the term. Um, but he's just like like you talk about presence. There's just there. I don't know if it's presence. It's definitely presence. But there's no confidence behind him. Like, you know, you get in that. But I feel like I could get a hit off him. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's the inability to put guys away. Like he throws strikes. He'll throw strikes. A guy will foul off three, four pitches in a row, can't put him away. And then the guy will hit a two out, two strike homer. He allowed another one of those on Friday. Like I can't do these these runs with two outs and two strikes. It's so infuriating. He reminds me of Phil Hughes, like nice guy, good control, can't put anybody away. Phil Hughes could like could piece it together every once in a while. Sometimes, yeah. And at least he was a good reliever for us on a championship team in 09. Like, Tyone's never done anything. But, yeah, similar vibes in that he just can't put anybody away. Throws throws a 93-mile-an-hour fastball with, with a mediocre curve. Like, the stuff just isn't there. Yeah, and, you know, who knows if some of it is just fatigue, like coming back from Tommy John. Like, he hasn't thrown a lot of innings, though. 
Like, yeah. Maybe he, he's not ready. Maybe he's just not good. Like, that's, you know, I'm not bailing this guy out. He might just not be good. We have him under control for a couple of years. I don't know. I think he's married. Um, but, like, either way, he's got to not do that anymore and move in with Garrett Cole for the offseason. Dude, I was thinking you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, the Tommy John thing, the lack of innings thing. And I was buying that in April, maybe even into May, maybe even into early June. But but it's the first day of summer. It's, it's June 21st. Like the season's almost halfway done. At some point you have to start performing. Like are we going to be sitting here in August? Are you still getting ramped up? Are you still coming off Tommy John? Like at some point you have to pitch well. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Caprillion? Caprillion, yeah. Caprillion. He looked good. Of course. <laughs> He looked good. Of course he did, man. He looked good. traded him away. He's been, he followed me on Twitter, like when he was a minor leaguer. Like, I I think he was a barstool guy. I don't know. Has always been, like, very nice to me on Twitter. You know, like, when the Susie stuff happened, like, says congrats. When, like, I had a baby, says congrats. You know, like some tweets. General, like, nice guy vibes for a guy who you hear about has all this potential. And some of his shit just looks effortless on the mound. Like, I know he's missed years with Tommy John. It's tough to look back on, you know, the Sonny Gray trade and go. Because I retweeted Neil Keefe saying, this is just a microcosm of Brian Cashman. We've yes, got Tyone. Yeah, you know, and people are like, yeah, well, because, yeah, because he's been in the big leagues all the time. This is always who he was supposed to be. He was always going to be this guy. He's a first round draft pick. Yeah, always through hard. He's got that cool like three quarter delivery that it, it kind of throws you off. Like it's a very tight delivery, and he comes at you from different angles. Yeah, this is the guy he was supposed to be. And I've all I've heard is that he's a great guy. I forget what year it was, but there was basically a year where he found out on like a Sunday that he needed Tommy John, and he still flew out with the team on Monday. And there's a video. I think Judge hits a homer. They were on the West Coast, and he's behind home plate, like raising his hands and cheering, like before he got the surgery. Like the guy's a total rider, and I think Judge loved him. And, and everybody on the team loved him. But yeah, this is who he was supposed to be. We we traded him for Sonny Gray. And it, look, at the time I was down for it in 2017. I'm yeah. not going to deny that. But look, another another Cashman pitching situation that didn't work out. But he was one of those guys, like if you knew the team, you knew like a little bit about the farm system. When you saw the Sonny Gray trade, you were like, yeah, we got Sonny Gray. And because some people were like, ah, we gave up like some minor leaguers. And it was like, nope, that he's going to be a thing. Similar to when we got... Todd Frazier and Robertson, it was like, no, 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 this Canely guy yes. throws 100 miles an hour. Like, pay attention to that. And, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, Tyone stinks. Another, like, dude, you can't give us – if you can't give us five innings, you are not a major league starter. No, and I, I think he's gone five innings once. I, I think he's only completed that once. You have King and Tyone starting 40% of the games. Like, that is not a winning formula no. at all. Wandy Peralta kind of sucks too. Yeah, he's he's fallen off after that uh, first good ten appearances, but luckily Britain's back to kind of mitigate that, and he's he's looked pretty good. Yeah, some of the other guys in the you know bullpen have stepped up, but yeah, you still don't. There's no. Aside, I mean, Cole going eight innings was like it was the only way it was going to go. Yeah, <laughs> like he had that look of just like I'm in fucking buffalo right now like this sucks and you know you, I, like i still don't believe that after you know we could have easily lost those first two games in buffalo right i think the third game was the only good game we played we lose on friday 
we start Saturday off. I mean, let's give up a first inning run. Like first inning runs for the Yankees games. I don't know why I'm not betting it every day. Yeah, we never have a lead. No, in the beginning never. ever, never. And then I mean, in even in that game, you know, we come, we win seven to five, but it was you know late inning comeback, which is fine because we've always been a team that you know we've been an uh, organization because this team there's no rhyme or reason to this team. There is nothing. There are no trends. There is nothing you can predict with the 2021 Yankees. But we've always been, a, a, as an organization, see pitches, get to the bullpen, beat them there. So that was kind of, you know, what we did. It was a, you know, it was a classic game for us. But, I mean, again, we could have – we were a Matt Chapman home run away from that being a different game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I'll say in terms of improvement is a month ago, it, like if me and you were at that game and they were down 4-1 against the Athletics, we would have said, you know, this game's over. Like they had no chance to win, but now at least they have the ability to come back. Like those those Red Sox games, the one we went to, they went down three nothing. We knew there was no chance. This time they're actually showing fight, and they're when they go down, there's at least a chance that they're going to come back. So that is one area of improvement I've seen. But yeah, you don't want to get into a habit of going down three one four one every game. But yeah, no, they got to the Athletics bullpen. I had uh, my own engagement party, so I saw the first three innings, and then I saw the eighth and the ninth inning. I did not see the fourth through the seventh or whatever. Yeah, wait. So on Friday, you went to dinner. Yes. You went to dinner during the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, no airplane mode? I did airplane mode. I caved. I you caved? caved? And then I came back, and then I Tyone let up that first inning homer. And I'll be honest, I fast-forwarded a little bit while he was pitching. Okay. Um, just, just to catch yeah. up, because I wanted to catch up to everybody. But yeah, so Jamie's birthday was uh, Saturday the 19th. So uh, my mom, her mom, and me kind of planned the surprise engagement party slash birthday party for Saturday. Um, and I actually had them set up an outdoor TV at the bar, Kite and Key. Uh, shout out to Jim, the owner who uh, who set up this TV. And I was kind of weaving back and forth, trying to mingle, trying to watch. Then it started raining. So they sent us into the back room, basically, for like the end of the party. And then I got them to put on the TV there. They had the MLB package, which was really lucky. And then, uh, yeah, we watched the Geo Homer, the DJ two-run single, and then Chapman ended at 103. Uh, inside at the party me and my dad were watching so that was pretty cool yeah i saw you got tagged on like facebook yeah yeah in pictures 
and I was like, look at fucking Nick just having a hot girl summer. I was like, he's not. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's going on. Because at first, I thought it was just a, a bridal shower. Because I saw Jamie in a sash mm-hmm. and whatever. Then I saw something in the back that said, like, engaged. And I was like, oh, yeah, they didn't get to do all this stuff because yes. of COVID, you know? Um, and I've only met your dad one time. I talked to him on a non-video. Like, we're on video right now. We can see each other. But he was on the podcast where there was a video, so I never saw him. Uh, and he was, you know, disgruntled Yankee fan at the beach last year. And then I've met him the one time on a Friday going up to get our dicks kicked in by the Red Sox, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then the ride home. And your dad's a super nice guy, but you're not getting the best side of him in that situation. <laughs> And then I saw a picture of him with his arm around you, the biggest shit-eating grin in the world. The Yankees just won. My boy's getting married. I'm spending this time with them. And I was just like, wow, that lo- looks like you're having a great time. I thought this was Nick's hot girl summer. I was like, Nick is having his hot girl summer. He, I was like, there might be a game on somewhere, where, wherever they are. They might have the game, but they might not. And Nick's happy. And even on Friday, like when the game started, I almost feel like I'm so glad Nick isn't on airplane mode and isn't ruining his night for this. But I was I caved after wrong. the Blue Jay sweep. But yeah, no, there's a different there's a different level of Kirby smile, I would say, post Yankee wins. Like you've seen it when we jump on here after the playoff games that we won. Yeah. Like you can't like the, the smile just goes on our face and you can't get it off kind of thing. It's yeah, yeah. like unique Your smile. Your dad thing. that smile, like he looked like a child who just got away with something. That's funny. Like, it was pure joy, and I was like, fuck yeah, Nick's having his hot girl summer. Great way to end the party, too, because we were sitting there like, oh, my God, if they, if Chapman blows this, like, in front of all my friends and family, it's going to be so embarrassing. It's kind of going to kill the day a little bit. Yeah. But it's still been a good day, but, you know, you want to ride that win. You want to ride the wave. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's what you – you're a ride the wave guy. Like, the difference between you going out after a game or not, the Philly series was the Yankees win or lose. They lost – we did not go out. Yes, exactly. And that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. The reason that I'm not fully back on board even after this 5-1 and one week is I think about the eight games. They got swept by the Tigers. They got swept by the Red Sox. And they got swept by the Phillies. Like, going 5-1 and one does not make up for that eight games. Just no. do the math. No. I mean, we were a 500 team, and we played two games over 500 for one week. You have to do that for several weeks. I... Uh, I made a reference. Maybe it was a joke. I'm not trying to joke about domestic violence, but I said that women are killed every day in this country for forgiving. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. and It's fine. And that's what happens. And that I'm not falling into that because here's what happened. The Yankees have been abusing us for weeks and months and not just like they before they abused us. They were just a neglectful lover. They were very selfish then, like, they never make dinner. They never do the dishes. They, You know, just the little things you got to do as part of a, a partnership. They weren't doing that. And then we went to Boston, and, like, they put it in the wrong hole without giving a heads up, and that hurt. And then they came to Philly and just fucking, like, <laughs> it's, this, it's as if they came to Philly, and it's as if you hit Jamie at her own engagement party. It was like, our friends and family are here, and this is what you're doing to us. And now they just took two or three from Oakland. They just swept Buffalo. They just the Blue Jays in Fuck Buffalo. Called, yeah, you know. And all that is to me 
is that you said I'll be better and you just took me to Chili's for like the triple sampler. Like that's all this is right now. You're you've got me at a shit we're not even at the cheesecake factory. We're at a fucking Chili's. I'm eating a triple sampler and I'm not going to think that this relationship has changed cuz I know you got a coupon. You got to prove it over time to me. No, you're right. That was very detailed. The way I was looking at it a little more simply, the the Red Sox Philly week just felt like I got cheated on. Like cheated on and betrayed. And then, you know, this five and one week was like, oh, they sent me a card or sent me flowers to apologize. Yeah. Like, we're not even close to being back yet. <laughs> hey, That's how I look hey you it. didn't suck another guy's dick this week. Thanks. <laughs> That's what it was. Now, what do you need to see this week to be back on board? Four and two, five and one. Oh, like another. It's got to be another. To be back, another yeah. five and one. Okay. See, I don't even know if that gets me there. They have the seventh best record in the American League. They're still in third place. They have a zero run differential. They're exactly even in terms of runs scored and runs allowed on the season. I mean, I think I need like two more five and one weeks to really, really jump back. Oh, well, in. I'm just saying that that's what keeps them even in like contention to be back. Yes, like, I yes. won't even entertain back. Like, okay. You go through, you go four and two. We could still gain zero ground. Like, the days on the calendar just keep going. They don't stop. The games keep going. Now, the Rays have, uh, you know, they've been dealt a blow with maybe losing glass now for a while. Um, Maybe, like, you know, things just get to them. They're a young team, you know, over time. Like, maybe things don't work out for them. But we've played them a lot and gotten our asses kicked. So, like, we don't necessarily control our own fate yet against them. We have three against the Red Sox this weekend, which if we can go into Fenway and sweep the Red Sox, regardless of what the Rays do, after a good series against the Royals, we could really we could be in striking distance at first place. And that gets me closer back. But we could also shit the bed the next week. Like there's no there's nothing that says that we don't go 0 and seven the next week. This group has played horribly in Fenway Park. They've gotten swept multiple times there but, you know, since 2017. They, they do not have a good record at Fenway Park under Aaron Boone. I just, it's hard for me to get excited. Look, the, this Royals series, they have Tyone and King starting two of the games. Like Everyone's like, oh, we sweep the Royals. I'm like, look, I, I'll take two out of three against them with those yeah. two starting. Mike King's going to face major league players. So, no. So, you know, you, you can pencil in. If you're ever going to pencil in a win, it's going to be Cole at home against the Royals. Fine. I'll give me one of those other two, Tyone and King. I, I'm happy with two out of three. But, yeah, the, this Fenway series really worries me. I guess it's Montgomery, Herman, and Cole, which sounds pretty good on paper. But, like, Montgomery and Herman have not stepped up and won big games against division rivals consistently. They just haven't. No. Uh, and, you know, even before that, I mean, the Royals are three games better than Detroit. Who swept us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're better than Minnesota, who, you know, we went in and beat up on. But still, like, we can still lose these games. They're like, Roger Clemens isn't showing up in Georgia's <laughs> box. We're still throwing dog shit starters out there. No, we are. The one thing I'll say that I'm happy about, and you heard me bitch about it a couple weeks ago. I didn't like that they didn't have Cole lined up. For the Red Sox series, I like at least that he will face them now for the first yeah. time this season. He he gets the Sunday game. You got to find a way to win one of those either Friday or Saturday. Herman or Montgomery, you know, you always have the line, who wants to be a baseball player? One of them steps up and then you win the Cole game. Like, that's my plan for Fenway. Yeah, I mean, 
my hope for the week really starts with do not let the Royals break your spirit. You know, like do you got to win two out of three, right? Have to. If you lose, I mean, if we lose two games to the Royals, I am back to 100,000%. We are done. And like I start, if we lose two or three of the Royals, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go pretty deep into people's farm systems to come up with trades. And I'm going to start <laughs> FedExing packages to Brian Cashman of just trade ideas. <laughs> I'll do this right myself. To. I'll yeah. do it myself. Um, and then, like, let's say we get two or three. Let's say we sweep the Royals, okay? Let's just fucking dream for a second. Dear Lord that I don't believe in, please give me this. <laughs> and then maybe you get these guys fired up for Boston. Maybe you find a fucking way. Maybe it's Cole giving a speech. It's not going to be Boone. But uh, no. who knows? Maybe it's Boone because Boone hit that one home run one time against Boston. <laughs> but you you find a way to get them fired up where you don't worry so much about because like, Herman gives up early runs. Like Herman could have one just fucking put out onto Lansdale Street, Lansdale Street, Lansdown, whatever quickly. it is, yep. and um, and the spirits are broken. You know, by the time Cole gets his opportunity, there may be nothing left of this team. Is the fear? Yeah, if they lose the first two games, like I'm losing my juice for the weekend. Obviously, I'll, I'll want Cole to win so that we don't get embarrassed. But at that point, they, that would mean that they'd have lost the first five games of the year against the Red Sox. Like they really put themselves in a hole, swept at home. And that's kind of my whole point of this show is that shit still counts. The Philly series, it still happened. Yeah. All that stuff still happened. They put themselves in a hole, and now they have to make up for that, and they're going to need a bunch of five-in-one weeks. But, yeah, this group has not played well at Fenway Park. But, look, if they win, if assuming they take two out of three against the Royals, I'm sure we'll both be feeling pretty good going into the weekend. You mentioned Herman letting up home runs early. I saw a stat that he has the most home runs per nine, but all of them have been solo homers, basically. Yeah. So he's kind of survived on just – only letting up homers when there's nobody on base. Like, yeah, he's given up. I think they were in Detroit. It was like the first time they were in Detroit. Like he gave up like a solo home run and loaded up the bases and then got out of it. You yeah, know, like he he has battled at times. But I'd prefer that we weren't battling out of those situations every start early in the game. And at the same time that we're playing the Royals, the Red Sox and Rays are playing each other. So it's almost like one of those like you kind of want the Red Sox to take two out of three because we have more games against them. And so we have the ability to control our own destiny. And I think in the long run, the Rays will be a better team than the Red Sox, you know, when fully healthy. So whatever you can do to maybe try to leapfrog them. Interesting. See, I'm more scared of the Red Sox, I think, at this point without, without glass now. I mean, that lineup is still legit. Devers kills us. Bogarts kills us. J.D. Martinez kills us. Like, I know everybody was disrespecting them going into the season, and I hate them, but that is a scary lineup. So, like, if we sweep the Royals, and I'm getting so far ahead of myself. I know. Serious. Let's win Tuesday. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how we end up, how we finish the weekend in first place. Rays I, take two out of three from Boston, and then we... If we sweep we the Royals, sweep we take the two whole out of week, three. And we yeah. sweep the whole week. Yeah. And the Royal and the Rays like lose two out of three on the weekend. Well, there you go. We're in first place next Monday when we're talking. That easy. It's that simple. <laughs> it's done. It's that simple to be stupid. That's what 
we get on here every week and show people how easy it is to be stupid in front of thousands of people. <laughs> if only it were that easy. Uh, starting pitching. So Severino and Kluber are both kind of projected around the August 1st mark. Very loosely. I know, you know a lot can go wrong. Kluber, I just don't get. I don't get the injury because when <laughs> we were driving up, like I remember because we I got an off the turnpike and oh, I was yeah, taking we like the back way. And you were like, yeah, no, he threw today. They said it went well. The next day he's on the 60 day. <laughs> so like I can't believe in that August 1st date at all until I see anything that makes sense. Him and Sevier, it's both. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, they say August 1st, but so much can go wrong with those two. We've already seen a setback. Yeah. With I mean, like Sevi, it's like he's still throwing. He ran like he played catch. He's run. But you've got to really it's like he's got to find a way to try to keep his arm close to where it was while getting the groin ready because you can't rehab an elbow and a groin at the same time. One of them's going to pop. There's just so much that could go wrong, man. There's just so many landmines. He didn't even injure his arm, and he had a setback. There's, you know, there's ankles, there's hamstrings, there's quads, and then there's the arm. Look what happened to Syndergaard coming back from Tommy John. Montgomery had a setback when he tried to come back from Tommy John a few years ago. Like, from where Severino is now playing catch or jogging on the field or whatever to taking the mound at Yankee Stadium, it, it just feels so far away. I mean, yeah. It, like, it doesn't feel 40 days away. No. No, we're not 40. And even then, even if he were, we're not 40 days away from six innings. Oh, no, we're 40 days away from three or four innings at best. Yeah, like two and and two third really battled. Is Brian Cashman going to say at the trade deadline, look, these are my two trade deadline acquisitions, Corey Kluber and Luis Severino, or is he going to actually approach the trade deadline? If he wants me to find out where his kids go to school and wait outside in a van, (laughs) that's what he's going to say. I'm kidding. I'm not going to kid. I don't even know if Brian Cashman has kids. I don't know anything about his life besides the. I think he does. I know he had a stalker. Yeah, yeah. And a mistress. Maybe it was the same person. I don't know. I just say things out here. Don't sue me, Brian. Make a trade. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no, if he says that shit, like, okay. There's a huge bulk of the Yankees fan base who is back now. The Yankees are back. We're back. Reopening. Full capacity, let's go. The fucking universe is aligning for us. There are people who are like, this team is fucking terrible. They're never going to come back. Fuck this week. And then there's like us in the middle who are like, I mean, obviously the the bottom could fall out of this. It was one good week. We're trying to be level-headed about it. But a week ago, all of those people on every in every group were <laughs> – Fuck Boone, fuck Cashman. We need to get rid of them. We need to trade everybody. This is done. There are a couple of morons who were like, oh, no, Brian Cashman's the best GM ever. And I'm like, tell me one thing he's done besides get the best available player for the most money. <laughs> like, tell me one time where he wasn't Mr. McIntosh with a blank check. That's a reference for everyone who grew up in the 90s. Um, and there, that answer is not there. So... We could get everyone back to get rid of these guys very quickly. And even if we were to tread water to the, like, break, like, if we got to the trade deadline and we're, like, three games out of first place and we're not trading away anybody 
and we're just these are these are my moves at the end. Someone might burn down Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that's not going to be enough. If I would if I gave you a genie or a magic whatever and I said, you know, Jack, you can get one move, one upgrade at the deadline. What are you picking? Starting pitcher, center fielder, another starting infielder. Pitcher. Starting pitcher. You're not going to like look at how you win the World Series. You don't win the World Series with Cole and Prey. You can't you don't do it anymore. Everyone wins with two normally like three solid guys. Because you're at a four-man rotation, so you need three strong legs to that chair, and you're not – it's just not going to be Cole. It, it, it's not going to be Cole, and then, uh, you know, Seve's coming back after missing two years pretty much. Basically like, the three. guy's hardly <laughs> – yeah. Like, the guy's hardly been there, and now he's going to come back, and we're going to give him the ball in game two and feel like we're going to get seven innings. You can't do that, and then – you. When he gives you three innings, even if you win that game, you've burnt out your bullpen that you're going to need for game four because you're throwing some shithead out there. Yeah, and Herman and Montgomery have pitched well overall this year, but like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get to a point with one of them where I'm like, that's my game two starter, and like, I'm no. sleeping like a baby the night before. I don't think I'll ever get to that point. No, you know why? Because they're not good enough to do that. Like, that's <laughs> just, that's what it is. Like, if I'm wrong about Jordan Montgomery and he becomes some great number two starter for the Yankees or any other team, that'll be the first time that's ever happened for a player who's played like this. Or, you know, I don't know, he's covered in spider tack. Like, there's some kind of cheating to get to that level. Like, it's been like, this is who these guys are. Yeah, we've been looking for a number two starter for years, I feel like. Will Tanaka fill that role? Will Paxton fill that role? Like, I feel like we're always searching for it. And that's why I was so excited when we signed Kluber, because I thought that if he stayed healthy, like that was the guy, the two-time Cy Young Award winner, never yeah. walks anybody. You know, Historic numbers, of course he gets injured, but and we're still sitting here going, Cole, and then what? My problem is I would pick the center fielder. I, I just think you're getting way too little out of Gardner. I think he's only going to get worse as the season goes along, but – I think they're both important. Like, I think we need both. And I don't know if, if we have multiple moves coming. That's the thing. Like, I think if we get a buying move, it's going to be one move. I, I don't think we're don't... getting a starter and a center fielder at the deadline. Like, that's a lot to get. Well, what? I mean, who's the center fielder? I hear the Mar- the Marte. The, there's Marte, two Martes. Everybody... Kato Marte and Starling Marte. Yeah. Uh, like, how long are they under control? Because guess what? We already have a center fielder under contract for 17 more years. <laughs> like, and again, I said this last week, if you can't win with $210 million, you fucking stink at your job. Like I get going over. So, but you don't go over for this team. You're not going over for this team. Cause like, great. You go out, you get a center fielder. You're still losing three games. If you make the playoffs, which you may not, cause you only have, you have 35% of a starting rotation. Yeah, I'm still hesitant to buy just because I don't think this team is yeah. good enough even if they do buy. No, I'm still – I am still – we have got to trade Aaron Judge this year. That is, I'm still 100% in that. I want the Yankees to win all these games this week, right? I want them to beat the shit out of the Royals, beat the shit out of Boston. Let's talk a lot of shit next week. We just won six more games. We're in striking distance first place. We're in first place, whatever it is. Um, There's still going to be these glaring holes. Like the holes that 
we knew there were and we hope wouldn't expose themselves, at least not this early in the season, did. Water finds its level works for guys getting better. It also works for guys just showing that they're not that good. Yeah, and like, we didn't get any lefty bats since we last talked. Yeah. Like, we still have the same balance issues. Yeah, Stanton is mashing. Judge is mashing. That's what they're supposed to Gary Sanchez, that's what they are supposed to do. But Domingo Herman is not supposed to be a 19-game winner. <laughs> Jordan Montgomery is not supposed to be your number two starter. Like, that's not who these guys are. They'll never become that. Yeah, you I You think agree Stanton with plays the, the field? Apparently, he's going to start in July, which is a weird wow. time to yeah. start. I believe it when I see it. Yeah. It's now, where like, was this in Philly, man? Where was this when we were, like you said, getting punked by our whatever analogy you used with the girlfriend? Like when we showed up in Philly, where, you know, if, if you had this plan, why didn't you do it then? What does it entail for a 31 year old <laughs> Major League Baseball super athlete who's been an MVP winner? What does it entail to work up to playing left field? That was the most embarrassing quote I think I've ever read. We're building him up to play nine innings. Dude, I woke up deathly hungover and played eight innings of softball, 95-degree heat yesterday. We have. What, if you want to build a guy up like this to play the field, what they should do, and I know Major League Baseball is looking at a lot of different things that they do, um, you know, especially with like rule stuff. They should designate maybe like a six to seven, maybe eight-week time period where the guys can train, maybe like in the spring before the season starts, where they can work and build up to, you know, playing. <laughs> I figure maybe like six weeks, you do it in, you know, maybe like a warm weather climate, Florida, Arizona, things like that. And I think if you gave the guys that time, then they'd be able to build up to play during the season. I just, if they just had an, the ability to train a little in the spring. If only there was something like that, man. If only. Where you could play exhibition games that don't count to yes. work on things. How you about play that? half a game. You can play half a game. You can make up the rules as you go along. Sometimes the yeah. games are only six innings. Yeah, sometimes they just end early. Sometimes you got to leave because you got to go play golf. Like, whatever. They should think it's about pathetic. that. It's pathetic and embarrassing. And like I said, if you know the Sunday game in Philly, one, judge has back spasms, fine. If you're not going to stick Stanton in right field on a day like that, coming off a loss where you don't have judge, where you don't have the DH, like you're never going to do it. I'm not convinced that they're going to do it. I don't know when their next interleague. I think it maybe it's the Marlins. They play in late July. Like that's, I don't know, man. I, unless he wants some sort of revenge down there, which I guess I didn't even think of. He he probably does want to play in that series. But like, you know what? I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> For it. Like, like fuck you and your revenge. I needed that in Philly. Where, yes, yes. You know, I had to go to Father's Day yesterday and just be like, so, I don't know. My mother-in-law has brought up some, like, I don't know, the Atlantic City Herald or some fucking third-rate newspaper that doesn't matter, that th they had a headline that said, Yanks get spanked. And it's just, they, my in-laws emailed me about it, and I was like, I don't have a subscription to whatever this is to like click the link and see whatever it is. But if it's anti-Yankees, I treat it as hate speech and we don't tolerate that. And then they go, oh, well, here's what it said. And then it gets brought up on like a family text and it's brought up. The Yankees embarrassed me. All right. In front of my in-laws. And I'm never going to hear the end of it. Yeah, I think I can help you here. If there's one thing that I have an immense amount of experience with, it's dealing with getting teased about the Yankees. It started when I was in second grade, when I was eight years old. My teacher actually put me in a trash can 
to like tease me in front of the class. Like your now teacher did. Yeah, like that'd be if, if somebody did that now, I'd be like, that's abuse. Where that's, is this? You know, no, they wouldn't the be like, no, they would be that, no, that is abuse. That is abuse. There's a lot of stuff that we like had happen to us that like can't now, and people are like, ah, oh, no, no. putting kids in trash cans always bad. Well, I'm gonna go down. Co- comes from. I'm gonna go down. Chip on my shoulder. <laughs> hot take. Hot take. Teachers putting their students in trash cans bad. So yeah, but yeah, I've been you know that's been happening to me since I since I could walk. Wait, because you were a Yankee fan? Yes. What a bitch! Yeah, and it was a guy, but yeah, he was. Damn. You know what he did too was tough. So he picked me up by my legs and kind of like just like took and like dunked my head in the trash can a little bit. How? It was like. What year were you born in? Ninety-two. So this was like two thousand. This was when we were in the World Series against the Mets, and I was like talking shit. In, in the year 2000, eight. the towers were still standing. Everything changed after 9-11. Can't put kids in trash after 9-11. Yeah, but I guess that's what it da- was. I mean, damn. How old is this guy now? I mean, it's got to be like pushing 50 maybe, like high 40s, 50. Hmm. You want to go fuck him up? He probably <laughs> still lives around there. Teachers don't, no offense to the teachers, but like they're not like moving around the country a lot. You pretty much just stay in one place. Yeah. Get tenure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're stagnant there but yeah what I, what I was getting at is the worst kind of teasing for me is like when you said your mother-in-law somebody that doesn't know anything about baseball oh these people don't care about baseball joke. at all they don't yeah, care like at all that, that's the worst because it's like I, I know so much more than you i care so much more than you about this shut the fuck up but you just have to laugh and be like, huh, huh, good joke mother-in-law like i hate that shit man that, no that i just yell worst. hate speech i yell hate yeah. speech at okay. the top of my lungs <laughs> like my wife hates it whenever someone just says i just go hate i don't do hate speech i yeah I won't. I won't stand for it. it. It's frustrating, man. And and yeah, the Philly. The Philly was the worst. We'll have a chance. We'll have some chance for revenge. You know, when they come to Yankee Stadium, I no, hope, it's a Tuesday, Wednesday. Two. Those games don't even count. You're like, right. No you're cares. right. No one cares about those. Yeah, games. None, none of the people that were razzing us at Citizens Bank Park will even be watching that game. They'll be watching an Eagles practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There'll be a down outside the Novacare complex. <laughs> and here's the other reason why those games suck. Because we won't go to them. We can't watch them because they'll be blacked out. So we're oh, going to have to listen no. to the local broadcast talk about David Boreanaz's high school football career for fucking two days. High school soccer at Archbishop Carroll. Or yeah. Oh, my God. It's man. fucking stupid. <laughs> the Yankees are about to play f- uh, 13 straight games. 13 straight days. Wrapping up with the Mets over 4th of July weekend. I might try and go to that Friday night game. Yeah, I know. Well, you're a fucking battered wife. I know, I know. (laughs) That's what it is. I mean, you texted me. I just want to read our texts, like, directly today. And it's it's so funny. (laughs) You go, any interest in going Friday night, (laughs) uh, July 2nd, and in parentheses, yes, I know I sound like a battered wife. (laughs) And I said... But I'm not, I'm not much better because I said I'm probably not going to want to make that drive to kick off a holiday weekend. Another good week of baseball may change that, though. Yeah, we're the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, you're, I'm drawn in a little bit quicker than you, but it's the same concept. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? And it's I have, I have no problem doing it. If I wasn't driving and I was riding and I could drink, I'd probably be where you are. Like, it makes sense. Like, I'm what about go, Amtrak? And I can go up there and be – oh, to deal with that? To deal with the public, so that's out. You're, so you don't you don't really take train. Do you ever take trains to games? Uh, I don't think I- yeah, if I if I'm going for like the weekend, 
Oh, but you won't go up and back. I'm not going up and back. See, I'm I'm a yeah, I'm a late night soldier. It's because there are so many extra trains. Like you, all right. If I take Amtrak, because you'll even break it up and take Jersey Transit. Yeah, yeah, that's a real battle. I'll take Amtrak and like sit in first class and like drink the whole time. But then you get out and now you're in Penn Station. This fucking sucks. I have to get like you have to get cross town and up, which sucks. And then you've got to do that in reverse. I'd rather chance it drinking and driving home than fucking (laughs) like. And don't drink and drive. That's up there. Listen, let me just get three things clear on this show. One, don't drink and drive. Two, if you're a teacher, don't put your kids in the trash. And three, I forget there was something I was very against. We don't condone. Well, we we don't condone domestic violence. Yes, we just joke yes. about it to ourselves. I'm also very anti against domestic violence. Part of that's because my wife's from Jersey and Italian, and she beat me up. Um, <laughs> but and just like I'm, a, I'm a kind soul. I have soft hands. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I couldn't do that. I have okay. done like I'll take the train up and then like check into a hotel. And catch a couple games and then like come back on Sunday um, or like maybe have my wife meet me and like drive me home. But going up and back. No, I mean, I'd rather drive than drink like driving's more. My overall experience is better yeah. than any buzz. It's funny because growing up like that was me and my dad's move. We would drive to Trenton. We from like Lafayette Hill where my parents live. We would take NJ Transit. We take the subway and then we get the I think it's the 157 train that gets in at three at Trenton. And everybody be like, how do you do that? And like to me, it was always just normal. But now I realize nobody else does that. You want to know what we do? We'd go probably we'd probably go over to Yankee Tavern early. My dad would have a bunch of beers. I would play like uh, some kind of video game, you know, like a touchscreen thing for a while. Get yelled at. Get fucking lit off Shirley Temple's though, like lit. But I'd call him. But my dad would make me call him a Roy Rogers though, you know, because in that time, you know, you don't want to be a fairy or something like that. <laughs> it was the nineties. That's what kids were getting put in trash cans. So, and then um. And then, yeah, eventually, like, he'd just, like, drink a beer while driving home. (laughs) Like, he would just just get a pounder for the drive home from anywhere we were. From anywhere we were, ever. Uh, No, yeah, not a lot of people do it. But, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely uh, definitely thinking about that game, but we'll we'll see. Knowing me, it'll be a Friday night game. DeGrom will shut us out, and I'll just come home wailing again so yeah i mean we'll see we'll see i mean i've we'll see i mean the yank much like the trade deadline the yankees have they have a big nine games coming up the first nine games of this will determine because you know i also have to like make a case like hey babe can i leave you alone with the kid all night because i'm gonna go do this and you don't want to sacrifice for a, for a 500 team. No. Like you don't want to go out on a limb for that. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Like as next as a 500 team, I went up there, I wasted my goddamn time. The next thing you know, like I got a buddy in town and it's like, "Well, sorry, I can't go out and drink with you because I've got this, you know, I've got this sex trophy that me and my wife made. I got a bachelor party this weekend. I might not even bring my own TV." Ooh, where's the bachelor party? Uh, Ocean City, Maryland. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have to see how – I mean they play Friday night and Saturday night. The kid – the groom is a Yankee fan and there's a couple other Yankee fans there. So should be in good shape, but I'll be bringing my laptop and, and we'll see. Yeah, I mean you just need like – you just need to bring like a fire stick. 
Yeah. Well, I'm worried because like I feel like the majority of people are going to want to watch NBA playoffs, which I don't give a fuck about. But m- most people care about that more than regular season baseball. <laughs> yeah, but like, don't these aren't it only like bad teams left? I think so. Yeah, it's I mean, like we'll, Atlanta, we'll Milwaukee. I think the Clippers and the Suns, and like the Clippers aren't an LA team. No, it's all small market. Yeah, maybe I will be fine, but it could be a thing like, oh, if there's a Friday night, like if like the Friday night game, if everybody's going out, like it'd be tough. I don't know if I can miss that whole that whole game. It's going to be a touch and go, touch and go situation for sure. I will tell you, and I know this is going to go one ear and out the other. Whatever is going to happen on Friday is going to happen regardless of you watching or not. You're right. you're right, mom. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be. Listen, here's what you need to worry about. All right. You're going to be at some point standing in the water at Secrets, and that's all urine. Yes. So that's uh, what yes. you have to worry Largest about. Largest outdoor bathroom on the, yeah. <laughs> on the East Coast. That's what you got to worry about is fucking all the piss that you're in drinking Red Bull vodkas or orange crushes. Yeah, those are great. Hey, what do you say? Nature's healing, being in the, swimming in the piss at Secrets, man. We're back. back I'm going to Mohegan Sun for the weekend. Oh, in Connecticut? Yeah, I thought about, I thought about trying to go to the Friday game. Because I'm going to be like so deep in Connecticut, like yeah. But then probably what two hours from Fenway at that point. Yeah, but then I would have had to get a hotel in Boston and then come back to a wedding in Connecticut. It's a whole thing. Which day's the wedding? Saturday. Okay, so hmm. yeah. Oh, you'd have because yeah, if you went to the Friday game, yeah, you'd have to go backwards. It's a long drive too. You know, it's a long day. And then you don't want to do the Sunday game hungover. No, 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 no. I am in. I am hopefully. In my car and out of the Mohegan Sun parking lot by like 8.30 in the morning. No, you're right. Quick plug here for Chicken Parm John. He's going to the uh, the game Friday. He moved to Boston, and he is going to be starting the BP Crew Boston chapter. Oh, is he that who – someone followed me with that today. I just assumed <laughs> yeah. it was like Andrew's burner because he grew up no, a Red that's, Sox that's fan. That's Chicken Parm John, John Bariso, and he is going to be – he said he's going to be basically recruiting a grassroots marketing effort going up to Yankee fans at Fenway and asking you know, if they want to jump in. So sh- shout out to John. Is he going to all three games? I think he only mentioned Friday. Here's my thing, and he doesn't even, as I've learned, he's a big supporter of the show, but sometimes doesn't listen to the end, which is when we talk like this and have the most fun. Yes. Um, if you move to Boston, and part of you is like, well, I get nine games like right in my backyard because he lived in Philly. You got to go to those first three games. I think so, too. Yeah, the only place I ever considered moving like outside of this little bubble was Baltimore because it was like, oh, nine games at Camden Yards, and you know I'd be hitting at least seven of those. But yeah, I, I think seven is the minimum if you move to like an ALE city, especially like that first year, and you're trying to do some grassroots recruiting. I single it. kid, yeah, yeah, fucking there. single guy out there. And you know, he told us, you know, over quarantine, he gained some weight. His sweatshirt was looking tight, so like he needs to be doing those laps out there in Fenway, walking around recruiting. <laughs> he's been a, he's been a real positive force this week. His whole thing is uh, positivity. So oh uh, yeah, is that our negativity? I must have muted those tweets. Now listen, hey, we're trying to be happy. We're trying to have a good summer, but listen, don't if things start going bad, don't let it ruin your weekend. That's what no. I'm doing now. I listen. Do I know what's going on in the games? Yeah, but you know what? If they're playing a fucking one o'clock game on a Saturday. It's ninety degrees. I'm gonna go outside in the pool for an hour, and you know what? I'll find out what happened. Real quick, do you have the out? Do you have any outdoor projector system set up to watch games in the pool? How's that coming along? So. I haven't started experimenting with the projector yet. I have I own a projector. 
I don't have a screen yet. Um, but I can kind of like do it to the house to see like, hey, how's this going to work? Here's my issue with a commitment for this season. One, this team is not necessarily good enough that I need to start fucking doing. I got enough going on. First time homeowner, just waiting for everything to explode. Next year, I'm putting a deck, like a raised deck, on the back of my house. Because right now, I have uh, like a very small, like that you step out steps, you go down, and then I have to go in a gate to go to my pool. You've got to have a fence around the pool for whatever reasons. Um, What I'm going to do is take out those steps and have them replaced because they need to be replaced anyway, with then a deck that wraps around the back of the house. And then I am going to experiment with... Uh, and then I'm also putting in like a, a gazebo, and I may put an outdoor TV there, because now it's Ooh. covered, you could get the yeah. case, whatever, so I have yep. that. But then I want to experiment with putting a projector s- screen up on the edge of the deck, and then flipping whatever the image is that I would be projecting, so that now I'm looking kind of behind it, but it looks right. And projecting only that short distance into that screen. Now I'm in the pool. I'm on a float, and I'm watching it on a huge screen. You're like a GM that has a lot of money to spend on free agency. You're just not sure what direction you're going to go yet. It yeah, sounds like. yeah. You got to You know what it is? It's because I'm out. I'm waiting to see what happens with DJ. I'm letting that shape the market. <laughs> I may wait too long. <laughs> you know. Uh, I think that's all we got. Yeah. For five in one week. Hey, listen, congratulations to the boys. Five in one week. Then they went and watched the Nets lose game seven. They were all up in the suite. Uh, I don't even. How do you say his name? Luttage? Oh, Lucas Litke. Litke? That's how they yeah. say it? Yeah. That's what I keep fucking up to. It's like how I can't say uh, Dunedin. There you go. Said it right. They have some weird names on the team, too. Yeah. It's all consonants. There's yeah. no vowels in any of these fucking people's names. But, yeah, they did um, – I forget who posted. Someone posted, like, a shot of, like, all the guys in the suite, and he was doing the, like, ice in my veins thing that kids were doing on TikTok. And I was like, dude, you're a fucking loser. I That's thought it was O'Day first because it was a bald guy. Anytime I see a white bald guy around the Yankees, I also think it's Jay Happ back from the dead. <laughs> I get worried. O'Day, another guy with no mound presence. Yeah, because he's not there. Because he hasn't played in forever. He, him and Brett Gardner are in competition to see who's the last Yankee that is older than me to play. I think this will be both of their last years. I don't think the Yankees are going to pick up that Gardner option. You know, I did, I did meet him in person. Did, I don't, didn't get an answer, but... I hate to break it to you, it's not an option. It's guaranteed money. Right. Well, they might pay him to not play. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he may not be on the team. That's what we're hoping. <laughs> but between him and O'Day, they're both a year older than me. And so... Let's see. And that's it. Then nobody will play that's older yeah, than me ever gonna again. It's going to be weird. Yeah, I'm still not. They're all I'm kids. still not there. Yeah, I'm you the still same age, You know, me, Gary, and Judge, we're all the same age. Yeah, Pretty much the friends. same. Pretty much the same, guys. <laughs> you can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. Um, I, you can follow at Juski99. He's our intern. He's not here. He's on vacation with his family. I'll tell that's you right. what. Now that he's not here, let's talk about him on yeah, the air. Okay. I felt so bad because this kid flew up to Philly and it was just like, that's why I felt the most bad about the Yankees is because we were like, we're not going out now. We're sad. Like we're grown men. It's like, we're sad. Go hang out with these other people. I felt bad. 
you brought that up. Like we talked about how like I had one beer when I got into the game and then I just kind of stopped drinking. I think you did the same thing. Like and yeah. then the, like that anxiety, the hangover, the loss kicks in. And then I'm like on my way home and I'm like, oh, man, that's a shame. Like Dan came up. Yep. Like, we can't even party with him. Like I definitely felt I felt a little guilty, but it's just like I there is nothing that can bring me to go to Xfinity Live right now. Like you could tell me Derek Jeter signing autographs at the main bar. Yeah, I, still I don't have a, I don't have a change of clothes to look like I wasn't just on the losing yeah. end of this. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, but the thing is, I was saying to him is like, damn, you should like I feel like he should have stayed for the Sunday game. I don't know what his plans or travel. Rate it was, was weird for, but, for one. Yeah. One yeah. Trip, yeah. One I mean. Trip. Definitely had a good time pre-gaming with him and stuff, but yeah, it, it, honestly, it's a good thing. I was trying to get him to convince him to see if he had a free flight change and stay for the Sunday game. I'm really glad he didn't because that game was even worse. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I felt, I felt bad. I'd never tell him that directly to his face because of toxic masculinity. Sure, you sure. know, same reason people are putting kids in trash cans. <laughs> kids in trash cans. It's not just at prom anymore. Hey, if the a-, a lot of social issues today, right? You want me to talk about my views on uh, the police system and the police state that we live in? Also, I don't think anyone should be a teacher. People should stop doing that job so they pay more money. Just stop doing it. Stop making ourselves available. Strike. Nationwide yeah. strike. Let morons homeschool their kids for like one year. Pay a billion dollars in taxes. All right. Hey, they're going to win some games. And maybe it'll be a parade. I don't know. I've, I have no idea what's going on with this team. We'll see you at the parade. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com